I'm Chad Rothermans. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket. The blood is life. Today, we're going to be talking about Vampire Survivors, a game that was developed and published by Luca Galante, released in 2022 on Mac OS, Windows, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, X and S Android, and iOS. But first, if you give us a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. So, Vampire Survivors is a game that I've heard described in, like, uh, about a dozen different ways for some reason. Um, <laughs> it is a, uh, according to some people, uh, an action roguelike, um, and other people I've heard refer to it as a bullet hell game. Mm-hmm. I've also heard people contradictorily refer to it as a bullet heaven game, because you are the one creating the bullets mm-hmm. in this case. Uh, I would just call it, like, an arcade action game, personally. Has anyone called it a walking simulator? <laughs> it very well could be a walking sim. You do not have an attack button in this game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe... Because violence comes for us all. <laughs> um, yeah, it is kind of hard to describe exactly what kind of game it is. Mm. But yeah, arcade seems fitting. Bullet hell adjacent, I guess, seems appropriate. Yeah, there's a, uh, evidently, and I'm going into some backstory that the game definitely does not provide, um, but apparently there was a a game, and I think it was a mobile exclusive game, that uh, the developer of this game has publicly stated he based the mechanics of the game heavily on, and despite the fact that that game is pretty obscure at this point, Vampire Survivors was such a success that in the future, if we if somebody was to do this same podcast but on a different game, they would call it a Vampire Survivors clone or some such. Uh, because it has reached that level of popularity that there are now games doing their own take on the Survivors genre. So Yeah, if Survivor-like becomes a term, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> Let's just call it survivor genre (laughs) it's a little different than a survival it's kind of like a survival (laughs) except for there aren't any limits on your resources and also it's not scary (laughs) so you just think about it that way um okay there's a couple of things that we could talk about uh and I want to save what I was just talking about for, like, the very end. So I probably shouldn't have brought it up immediately. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you haven't played Vampire Survivors, um, uh, which is, of the, of the people listening to this podcast, probably one guy. Mm-hmm. They're like, uh. <laughs> I, just, I just picked up the most recent episode. Uh, what you do in Vampire Survivors is you, you choose a character, and that character can walk around. And it has, it's an auto attack game, so you don't have to press any buttons to use attacks, you just pick up items, and throughout the game you level up and increase the stats on your items and make combinations with the goal uh, of surviving each level for 30 minutes. Uh, And lots of things change those goals and, and move them around and create little personal objectives for you throughout, but that is the basic premise. Uh, And it is... I want to say a reasonably compelling one. 30 minutes at the beginning of the game feels like an eternity. Like, there's no... It's an insurmountable goal. And the game just has to make you eventually get to the point where that becomes attainable. 
Yeah, yeah. Like the um the power creep element of it, like the slow burn, I think is like the thing that's enjoyable about it to mm-hmm. me. Uh yeah, like when you start out like you can barely make it like 10 minutes and then like yeah, like it it feels so impossible at the beginning and like you're just like running away from enemies to to live longer and aren't able to like pick up experience and then you come back with a few more power-ups and you're just able to walk into those enemies and kill them. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it is a, a satisfying feeling. Yeah, it has. And that is, I think, the basis of why this game is so popular. It is a satisfaction uh, that the game creates. It is, it's not a deep gameplay loop by any means. And when I showed this game to other people that I knew, they were like, I can kind of see the appeal of this game to you on the same plane of existence as Cookie Clicker. (laughs) And I went, I guess kind of. Like, because you do get to a point in this game where there's very little input required from the player to keep going. Uh, And it is like that just slow build into insanity that I think appealed to me and made me latch onto it as quickly as I did. Because I was hooked on this game pretty much immediately after the first time that I tried it. Uh, Meanwhile, most people I know who played it had to push through, like, a couple of runs before it really clicked with them. Mm. Yeah, this is, like, probably something I could talk about the whole podcast. Good, let's do Uh, it. (laughs) (laughs) I had notes, throw them away. But yeah, like the popularity of this game kind of baffles me. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't I do like it. Uh, I don't like it. Doesn't make what me, are we talking about next? It time? does. <laughs> it doesn't make me mad or annoyed in the way that like idle games do, where like people enjoying them and engaging with them makes me want to jump off a cliff. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> I get why people like this, but like to me, it it feels a lot like like 2013's mobile games like the, the game that it made me think of the most weirdly is plants versus zombies okay <laughs> it's just a game where you have to set up defenses against like a horde mode that just kind of comes at you and the satisfaction just comes from like building up an impenetrable thing that the game can't take down mm-hmm. um which is like fun but like i don't know uh like i, I went on youtube before uh, recording this and just like looked up vampire survivors reviews and like I feel like all the, the titles of the videos are things like how vampire survivors ushered in a new era of gaming <laughs> or like this game should suck but doesn't because we are stupid and like a bunch of like really sensational things <laughs> and like I just think it's wild that this game has become so popular and people so many people say that they're like addicted to it Mm -hmm. and talk about it like it's a watershed title and now there's like imitation games that are doing the same things and like the kind of game that people describe is like oh i finished it and immediately went to google and looked for games like it because like i don't know it just feels like a solid game to me like i don't know (laughs) i hit the credits and don't think i'll feel compelled to play it ever again Uh uh-huh so i I don't know i just it just it's very alien to me uh, i'm sure there there are reasons for that there are two things that i kind of want to talk about here and and one of them is the game absolutely is influential like there's just 
There is, like, solid proof of that, and a lot of it is just, like, you look on Steam, I've been recommended so many Survivor games, and I've played a few of them, and most of them do too much. The thing that's interesting about Vampire Survivors, and the reason I think that it is as popular as it is, in addition to another reason that I'll get into here in a second, uh, is that it, it is, it's a very low skill floor, uh, and low skill ceiling. I'm not trying to say that <laughs> Vampire Survivors is a very complex game, because it really isn't. What it is, is it doesn't take much for you to start grasping what is good in the game. And also everything is actually secretly good. And <laughs> there are very few things you can do to really fuck up a run. And so the game is just steady progress constantly, which makes people happy in <laughs> yeah. their, with the chemicals in their brain. Uh and the other thing, also related to the chemicals in your brain, is that evidently the guy who made Vampire Survivors used to work designing slot machines. <laughs> and it is so obvious when you know that. Yeah, like the treasure chests. Yep. And the treasure chests make this like play a big animation that's like, oh my god, it's rolling through like random chance. What am I going to get? And gold coins falling in the background. Yep, the gold yeah. rushes constantly create this like sense of, of winning, of constant urgency even when it's not really doing that much for you and i this is a game that like i i when i play games that i get into i wouldn't say that i got into vampire survivors the way that i like got into monster hunter or something mm -hmm. it's an entirely different animal and it's something that i played pretty much as an entirely solitary experience uh so I didn't, like, go out and search up content about Vampire Survivors at any point. Mm -hmm. It never felt necessary. But it is out there because there's content for everything these days. And the endgame thing in Vampire Survivors is gold farming, in which all you do is push those numbers up. And I experimented with this just to sort of say, like, oh, I got, like, the Vampire Survivors experience to the extreme. Like, the most that I could. And it is so mind-numbingly boring to do <laughs> that it makes me think that the people who are gold farming are the people who would sit at a slot machine yeah. for an entire day and just whittle away quarters uh, until they had to go to sleep. Because it is... It is nothing. You start a run, and then you sit in a chair, and every once in a while you click. Uh, until you get to a point where you don't even have to do that. Maybe my favorite post I ever saw about this was somebody saying that they got to a point in gold farming in which they had to do a setup in which they got so much experience from the beginning that the fastest way to continue farming gold was just to end the level and start over and start over and then i guess you even get to a point where you want to go to the point where it's just the the reaper that comes to kill you at the end because then the game doesn't lag and your level ups keep going <laughs> <laughs> like it's crazy the amount that people can put into this and i think it really is just like this is just a dopamine machine that's yeah. its whole purpose <laughs> Uh, I, don't, I guess my body regulates dopamine better than a lot of other people's then. 
But I mean, what you're saying is that you don't get that experience. No. Like, obviously, I also don't get the experience of standing in a in a in one place and watching a number go up. I played Cookie Clicker. There is a goal to that, not an end goal, but continual progression. Mm-hmm. Once you hit that point, Vampire Survivors, you're doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I did enjoy the game, like, uh, but the diminishing returns were definitely sitting or setting in on me by the end, mm-hmm. where like. Like, there was more experimentation I could have done, but, like, a lot of runs were starting to feel pretty samey. And in the beginning, it was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I was playing for 30 minutes. It felt like five. Right. And then by the end, it was like, this really feels like I'm playing for 30 minutes. <laughs> we're, we're wrapping back around yeah. to 30 minutes here. It, it hit a point where it plateaued for me a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've played this game, because I do like this game. I kind of just talked some, like... Uh, big poop poo on it uh, saying that it's for gambling addicts and shit. I don't think that's actually true. Uh, if anything, this is somebody who's good at uh, making people act on their base impulses <laughs> using their powers for good in some way. Uh, but I did, I've played this game through from the beginning twice uh, once on PC and once on mobile. And it is the best part of the game is when you don't just win by default. Uh, so I fully agree with you on that. I think that, like, if you play the game to the point where it starts to get repetitive, congratulations, you've finished the game. Yeah. You don't need to go all the extra mile. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess to to, to z- zero in then, because mm-hmm. we talked, we've talked big picture, we've talked shop. Uh, so I guess... I have just three notes being like talk about characters, talk about levels, talk about weapons. Yep, those are pretty broad wise. categories. So uh, I don't know if there's anything you have to jump in on because you put in much more time <laughs> in this game than me. So I mean, if you want to talk about, I think that order is probably pretty good. I may want to switch weapons and levels, sure, uh, but we'll see. Uh, but characters is the most important thing. I think um, for somebody like me. Uh, the character unlocks were the main driving force for me, even though I used none of them. (laughs) Like, I had, like, a few characters that I would use repeatedly because I felt like they provided a tangible benefit and one that I actually wanted to pursue. And then there were a bunch of characters that I just wanted to have. Gotta collect them all. Like, it's a gotcha game. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that this game's unlock system is one of my favorites in games in years. Like, it's just, it's very intuitive. They tell you what you have to do for the most part. There are a few mysterious ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all accomplishable. You go out with a goal, you, you do the goal, then you get the fuck out. You get a new weapon, you get a new character, whatever it is. Um, and I find that to be just really compelling uh, to, to continue playing this game and, and does get you to experiment more which is what I think the game needs in order to proceed. Uh, I, I said that I used a few characters on repeat. That's not really true. I used like 15. Uh, <laughs> but like <laughs> there is a, I, I wouldn't say that I have like a favorite character, uh, but there are some characters that I feel like just very clearly stand out above the rest mm-hmm. uh, in terms of their usefulness. Uh, I know I recommended to you getting your first win on Gennaro mm. because he gives the plus one amount bonus from the beginning and is available as one of the first four characters in the game. So 
to me, that seems like an obvious, like, once you save up money for that character, then you can maybe take him to your first win. And I don't know if that's intended, but the power of the plus one amount is is pretty huge. Yeah, I I can't disagree with that, but I found myself not really liking him. Mm-hmm. Well, the knife uh, sucks. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> yeah, like, with the exception of, I think her name's like Imelda or something, the, mm, the one who gets remember. the experience boost. She seemed like just the best character to me. I only think I unlocked 15 characters. I don't know how many there are. <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah. Uh, there's, in fact, a character later in the game that has her ability but better. Uh, but it's like a secret character that you have to do something special for. Uh, but yeah, like every other character just seemed like less... I, I never really picked them for their abilities. I just picked them because of their starting weapon. Mm-hmm. Like I also liked Poe because he started with garlic, garlic. And I like to have the garlic. And I like the whip. So I pick the boring ass starting character, Antonio or whatever. Yeah, but he does increase uh, your damage. Yeah, so his ability is good, is good as well. Yeah, yeah. but uh, those were like my most used guys. Right. Yeah. There's a there's a character that to me is like a very double edged sword in terms of like I said earlier on that the skill floor is very low in terms of actually starting to win at Vampire Survivors. So when I say these things out loud about strategy, what I really mean is that it doesn't matter very much, but these are (laughs) the things that you can think about. It does in the beginning. Yes, it absolutely does in the beginning. Uh, But there's a character named Pugnala that is one of the ones that you get out of a coffin. I Mm. think it's the one on the very first level. Uh, And she's very clearly based on Bayonetta. Uh, And we should also mention... That the whole game is very much based on Castlevania, but we'll get to that. Yeah, like aesthetically. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she starts with two guns, and they both shoot in a diagonal pattern. Uh, and she gets a plus one might bonus every level. So she can scale way better once you're at the stage of the game where you're like gaining a lot of levels. Like when you end stages at over level 100. Having a character like that that will double your might by the end is much better than uh, Antonio, who's going to give you a plus 30%. Mm. So, I agree. I think, uh, for the most part, it, it, it those characters at the beginning really are the ones that do matter. Uh, the one that increases your experience and Gennaro, who gives you the, the plus amount. Mm-hmm. But as you get on, it's like... If you think about it in terms of what is the most efficient way to do this, which not everybody's going to do, not everybody gives a shit, Mm -hmm. then there are some characters that just really clearly stand out above the rest. Yeah, I never actually got any of the coffins. Mm. Uh, I didn't know they were a thing for a while. And then the first time I tried to go for one, I didn't know it was going to spew skeletons out. It does so do that. I walked right up to it and like 50 skeletons spawned right on top of me and killed me instantly. And I was like, well, I'm just not going to do that. Because uh- <laughs> <laughs> I had like been playing for like 15 minutes already by the time I got to it. So I was right. like, well, that's enough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was a me thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, you didn't play the game to the point where, or so you didn't play the game by opening the game and then Mm -hmm. going, ooh, what's the unlocks menu? Oh, yeah. First thing I did was open the unlocks menu. You you said that you you liked it better than, uh, uh, any unlock system that you've played in years or something like that. Yeah, it was one of the best I've (laughs) played in years, something like that. I forget what I said. I, I really... I think it's because it was on the start menu. I just 
kept forgetting it existed. Uh, and almost never looked at it. The game does boot you back to the start menu every single time. <laughs> but uh, this is my dumb lizard brain thing. But like, I can't not just push start on that start screen, mm. the big green button. If they would have put it like on like the level select menu... I think I would have used it. Well, you want to talk shit on Vampire Survivors. <laughs> Their whole GUI is bad. <laughs> it's I mean it's not bad, I guess, but like the 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 menu system in this game is confusingly stupid uh, <laughs> and is frustrating because you you have to pick you have that menu that has every piece of important information that exists. Mm-hmm. And then you press the start button, and it goes to the character select, and then it goes to the level select. If you go to level select, and then you hit back, you go back to the main menu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why? Why do that? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, and yeah, it, the the start screen eventually becomes so cluttered with buttons <laughs> that you're like, I can't even bother to look at this. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, otherwise, though, it's a perfect game. So. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, I, I got to, it was like a, something that like was kind of annoying to me because I was just trying to beat the game. Mm-hmm. So like I got to a certain point and then like had to pull up a wiki to like look up the things I was supposed to do. And I feel like the average person playing this who's into it is going to just have already done all that stuff by the time they get there. Or at least I feel like that's the intent. Like you yeah. have already done most of it. Yeah, I mean, with the exception of the the boss in the bone zone, yeah, <laughs> uh, all of them are pretty like straightforward. If you're playing through the levels, like the bonus levels, as you unlock them, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to get all of those uh, whatever they're called relics, yeah, because they are just a big green arrow at the beginning of the of the uh, of each level. So I, I can see that. I can see somebody who's playing the game and is into the game just having all those done yeah i'm definitely like a save bonus levels to the end mm. kind of person i'm not yeah <laughs> i'm a, as uh, discussed before on this podcast i'm a progress slut yeah i will always pick level two over bonus level one progress but not progression that's yes. the that's the mantra. <laughs> you go for the end of the game, not just to see numbers raise. Yes, and I'm all about those numbers. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I want to I want to kind of fold two things here in on each other and talk about weapons, but I also want to talk about uh, the visual design. Mm. I think we should go from visual design and then bleed into weapons because I think it it will explain all of the weapons as we are talking about them. Uh, the game is very obviously a, uh, an homage to uh, uh, Castlevania, like the whole series. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much every enemy in the game is a Castlevania enemy uh, in some way or another. Uh, a lot of the characters are based on Castlevania and the weapons are almost all Castlevania weapons. Uh, when you introduce the DLC, it gets a little bit more complicated, but, uh, yeah, it's like, it is very clear Mm -hmm. that that is what they were going for. And then the game being called Vampire Survivors, despite the fact that there is to date no vampire in the game (laughs) that was at all. One of my notes is like, were there any vampires in the game? Like you get to the end, it was like, no vampire was here. Yep. Tune in next time. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> like for a while, I'm like, is there gonna be like a Dracula at the end? Are all the characters vampires? That <laughs> was like, the thing. Where are the vampires? <laughs> That's what I thought because you unlock characters by finding them in coffins, right? But I think the implication is that you find the coffin; it's empty. And right. someone else just was already there looking for them. Uh, yeah, it's real weird. There's no <laughs> vampire in it. It's obviously a like a joke at, the, yeah, at the, yeah, yeah. this point. Like when you go through the game and you realize there's no vampires at all, you're like, okay, like I get it. There's mm-hmm. no vampires in the game. Vampires survive. It's just a joke that it doesn't explain. Yeah, in the in the game itself. Uh, the one I still find, I don't know, pretty funny. <laughs> It's something. Yeah. Uh, But you do still have all of your classic vampire hunting uh, accoutrement. Mm -hmm. Uh, The very first character, like you mentioned, starts with a whip, which is the iconic Castlevania weapon. Um, But you also have crosses, uh, Bibles, axes, uh, holy water. Bibles. Yeah, all of the things that are uh, staples of the, the knife uh, of yeah. the Castlevania genre uh, are here and present. And then they just get kind of like, go just do some weird stuff too. Like just uh, garlic makes sense because mm-hmm. it's a vampire thing. You know, like a bird that shoots lasers. <laughs> you know, if that's a Castlevania reference, it's too deep, deep like cut a, for me to get. Like a dove, I, you know, it's like associated with like, Jesus and stuff. That's true. So, uh, that's what that's, who's that's, associated yeah. with a cross, yeah. which is associated with for not vampire good for vampires. Stuff, yeah, yeah. Though there are two birds. That's true. There's yeah. a second bird, and then you can evolve them into a third bird. So who knows? I mean, technically speaking, there's a thing you can get it's later the thing in the game. They evolve into called one stone. No, it's not. But it, I agree. It's it is funny. <laughs> It's called like opportunity. Well, it is. It's called like Piccione, and maybe that's Italian for (laughs) one one stone. stone. Well, let's hope so. I mean, I'll fucking Mm. you can't fucking stop me from googling. (laughs) Only the fact that my phone is over there can do that. Uh, Uh, but yeah, I think yeah, like the um the title screen mm -hmm. and the sprite, like the character sprites, so like the characters you play as, very much felt. Castlevania to me to the point that I almost didn't even think about it with the enemies. True. Uh, so yeah, like I think that was an interesting thing to call out. Um, like it definitely like the the enemy design gets like weirder and weirder as it goes. Uh, if there are jellyfish in Castlevania, <laughs> I've never seen them. <laughs> that is a good point. I mean, fucking everything on the planet became you. Uh, you yeah. be attacked by a chair in that game. <laughs> so like, who knows really? But yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't remember a jellyfish either. But yeah, you got Medusa heads and stuff that do the little sine yeah. wave patterns. Uh, cl- just classic Castlevania yeah. shit. And the Grim Reapers and stuff. Yep. Uh, Wolfmen. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, to talk about weapons a little bit, um, I listed off a few, some of the classic Castlevania ones, uh, and uh, there's two main topics of discussion here that I want to have. Mm-hmm. One, I think that the fusion and evolution system is really interesting, and the other one is I want to have the great garlic debate, which isn't <laughs> a debate, and I've already told you why this is a controversial thing. Mm-hmm. 
but I think it's interesting to talk about. Okay. Uh, so there's a weapon called garlic that you can pick up at any point in the game. You don't have to. You probably do have to unlock it. I just don't remember how. It's like uh-huh. get level five or some shit. Uh, so you get garlic. And uh, all garlic is is a low damage aura that surrounds your character. And as you level it up, it becomes bigger and deals a little bit more damage. And it also makes enemies get knocked back further. Mm -hmm. And immediately when I got garlic for the first time, I went, I can't take this too often because I know it's going to be one of those things that I would just take every time. And I hate that. Like, Mm. I don't like having a thing that I fall back on when there's as much variety as this game was giving me. Um, but yeah, I, it absolutely, like, I crutched on it for a long time. I was like, garlic's fucking amazing. It's like the best thing in the game. I can't believe they even put it in the game because <laughs> it makes it so much easier when you have it. Um, and this, it peters off, obviously, the later in the game you get because the garlic doesn't do shit to the enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you have to pair it with something that's going to push them away as well. And then when you're real late in the game, you stop killing things. If you don't kill things, then you don't get experience. You can't keep leveling up. You can't kill things better, and you die. Mm -hmm. So basic garlic is not really that good on its own later in the game. It's more of a synergy pick. And I think most people who play to that stage understand that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, man, does it call to a new player and (laughs) is very effective early. It's not like a noob trap. It's just the best thing for the first like four hours of a game <laughs> yeah i i never i always picked it when it came up just every yeah, time i never didn't take it <laughs> just fucking hard riding yeah, on the garlic the, the knockback is just too good mm. it like, is good yeah. even if it like is less useful later like towards the end of the 30 minutes like it's still so good early yeah. To just, like, walk through enemies <laughs> and to just pick up experience. Like, it, I don't know. I just, I couldn't not pick it. <laughs> yeah. The, and that's fair. I found, when I ended up gravitating to, because I said I'm not going to take garlic that often because mm-hmm. I don't want to crutch on it uh, when I'm learning the game. What I ended up instead doing was crutching on Santa water, which is the holy mm-hmm. water thing. Which is, like, to, to now is, like, my favorite weapon in the game, or at least its evolved form, Labora, is. Uh, because it creates little damage zones, and then the evolved form, they become bigger and slide toward you over time. So they play really well with area and duration buffs, and you can just kind of stand in them, and it's just kind of like a makeshift garlic. <laughs> so I did exchange actual garlic for, like, fake garlic that I had to work harder for, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Something about just big damage areas seems to work really well in this game for a lot of, uh, purposes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I took the exact opposite approach intended to gravitate towards the same, towards the same things every time. Mm. Um, I really liked the evolved whip, uh, the, the bloody tear or the bloody tear. It's I'm the bloody sure tear. If, yeah. Which one it was supposed to be. Um, I liked the evolved magic wand and the lightning ring and the Bible. Yeah. And the garlic, I guess. Like, that was like what I would always go for is like those four things or five. 
Right. Yeah. And then you have a wild card. Yeah, like something like, like the, the fire wand. Yeah. I found, it, like, as I was coming up in the game, I found that the axe what felt very satisfying. Mm-hmm. And the evolved form of the axe fires all of them out at the same time mm-hmm. in, like, a circle pattern. And it was always very underwhelming to me. I, like, it's good. It's very good. Deals a lot more damage. It's a mm-hmm. great weapon to have. But because you don't get the sound effect and the axe is flying out of your head, uh, it, it like never did it in the same way for me. So I did axe a ton at the beginning. And then once I started learning about how strong the weapon evolutions were, Mm -hmm. I just stopped taking it a lot of the time. (laughs) Uh, but I still would get it pretty often because candle Labrador is my favorite thing in the whole game. Uh, It's the item that increases area by 10% per Mm -hmm. level. Uh, And I just like when things are real big, I guess. That was (laughs) sort of a theme. I would love to stick with things that got better with area. So, uh, I don't know. The, the, The thing that I find really interesting about the evolution system is that very often a weapon that evolves with an item will make the item obsolete when it evolves. So it sort of controls, once you understand what all of them are and what they do, it controls your build in a way that's a little more interesting. Because, like, if you take Bible, uh, the thing that evolves is the Spellbinder, Mm -hmm. which increases duration, which is great when the Bible is the Bible. Uh, But when it evolves... It no the it's always out. It's always out, so it does nothing for you. So you have that thing. You're like, do I want to? If I evolve the Bible, do I have other things uh, like the Rune Tracer or whatever the Santa Water that do well with high duration, uh, or is this just a wasted slot to get the Bible evolved? Same thing with like uh, the other one. <laughs> I don't know. There's there are lots of the of the uh, the magic wand. You take mm. the book, yeah, uh, the and, tome, yeah, the tome, the empty tome, which decreases your cooldown uh, on everything. But when you evolve the magic wand, it just fires constantly. All the time, yeah. So, uh, but there's no reason to not take the empty tome ever, uh, unless that reason is you're stupid <laughs> and you don't want to have the best item in the game. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's I don't know. I found I found that interesting. I like that there was there were sort of trade-offs or just like guidelines on how to build your character and then Arcana come in and make it even more complicated cuz you can sort of pick what weapons you're going to choose from the very beginning based on whether or not they interact positively with a card that you pick. Uh, which I knew you didn't get to that stage, mm-hmm. uh, but it is it did keep my interest. That's what kept bringing me back in as I tried to unlock all the things. Uh, I would experiment and try different things, and that made the game give, give the game longevity. And I think those those weapon evolutions are the thing that guides it all, like because that's that's going to be the basis of your your build every time. So I, I really liked the system. I thought it was really compelling, and that they did a lot of stuff to make each one cool. Yeah, yeah, no, the the evolutions are the best part of the game yeah. for sure. It's a thing that like picked up the slack when the game started to feel a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then especially when the game starts to feel harder again yeah. later. <laughs> like, oh shit, okay. And then they're the thing that makes it possible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
is it random thing is it possible to kill the grim reaper thing that comes and kills you at the end of the 30 minutes yeah it's possible in a couple different ways that you in fact unlock him as a character if you do it yeah i assumed it probably was it Mm -hmm. was just too it's like the first time it happens to you it feels so abrupt and like you mess something up (laughs) that there like there had to be something more to it yeah i love the first time that you die to Mm -hmm. the reaper uh, because it comes immediately after like a moment of triumph where you're like, oh, I hit the 30 minute mark. That's what I know I'm supposed to be going for. And then the game just slaughters you. <laughs> and you're like, wait, hold on. Am I supposed to survive that? Uh, and it does. It replaces the game over with a stage completed message. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does give you that like moment of shock, which I always really liked. Yeah, like, for me, it was always like a prolonged feeling of like, oh, shit. Because like. <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought it was 30 minutes. Did I, like, somehow die uh-huh. at, like, 29.59? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which will happen and does suck when it does. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there, there are a couple ways to kill it. it. A lot of it, for anyone not in the extremely broken stages of the game, uh, there it pretty much all hinges around the item, the Clock Lancet, mm. uh, which is a weapon you can get that freezes stuff. Uh, and you can kill it d- in a difficult way if you just build very high damage mm. by freezing it with the clock lancet and dealing damage and then making sure that it gets hit again before it murders you. Uh, but there's items in the game specifically to kill it. Mm. It's like the whole purpose, and it's the clock lancet and the laurel. Uh, and then there are four other items that are on the far north, south, east, and west of each stage, mm-hmm. uh, except for on the two stages that are vertical and horizontal. We'll talk about stages in a sec. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you get all of those, level them all up to max, and then evolve them, you get an item that prevents you from taking more than 10 damage at a time, mm. and an item that deals uh, half of enemy HP in a radius. Uh, and so combined, they just kill the Red Death immediately, and then the White Death comes in and kills you. Mm. Uh, <laughs> because, of course, it does. They can't let you live. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the that's the intended way of doing it, is to make the trek around. Mm-hmm. But, of course, there's ways around that as well. There's Arcanas that will pull the items to you, et cetera, et cetera. There's a bunch of shit that goes on. Yeah. Uh, so you can get around it in a couple of ways, but it's... Uh, it is one of the things that it feels like it's you're breaking the game when you yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the kind of thing this game wants to inspire. I have another good segue while we're at oh, it. Now it's ruined because you acknowledged it. Into, uh, well, it ruined the previous one too because I was talking <laughs> about the Castlevania thing to talk about the weapons. Uh-huh. Now I'm going to talk about uh, maybe the actual best part of the game and then have that lead into stages. And that is the music in this game uh, is fucking baller. Uh, we just talked about Curse to Golf. That game has fucking baller music. This is like the Curse to Golf is a throwback to games that were that came out 10 years after the games that Vampire Survivors is a throwback to. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and I think it fucking rules. I think all the music is extremely good. Uh at like literally every song, like for every stage, and the menu musics yeah. are are all really well well put put together, uh, and they really just fucking jam, which is great because they have to play for a half an hour at minimum, 
uh, for you to get through a stage. Uh, but there's a different track for each stage. Mm-hmm. Sweet segue. <laughs> but, uh, what about the stages? What's cool about them? What's uh, bad about them? <laughs> What's m- milk? Uh, I don't know. I feel like pretty neutral about it. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I feel like because the first stage is the first stage in ways it feels like it's the hardest one. Uh-huh. Um, it has the most stuff you can get stuck on. It feels like. Um, There's the most stuff that you can get stuck on by accident, yeah. which does make it suck ass. Um, and then it feels like the factory just kind of the same thing. Like any of them that are like a big open space just kind of feel samey. Yeah. Um, and then I think the the library is the second stage, and I really didn't like it when I first got to it. And it was mostly because I think it felt like bosses showed up less often, and that was the point of the game where like I wanted to get coins the most right uh so i just kind of ignored it for a while and farmed (laughs) gold in the forest level yeah um so yeah i don't know maybe i guess you put it second for like a difference in kind but maybe like putting it a little later might have been better i i like the tower for some reason i like the vertical or the horizontal better than the vertical or no the vertical better than the horizontal right yeah yeah uh, I don't really know why. <laughs> it is a cooler uh, design, I think. The Inlaid Library is a neat stage, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion. I like the decor of it, uh, and I like the song. It's a good song. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I like that it is It's something... Because to me, I think that the reason that they did the stages the way that they did is because the different layouts make different weapons shine better. Yeah. There's uh, a weapon that you, I don't think, ever got access to called Song of Mana, mm-hmm. uh, which fires just a vertical column uh, up and down from your player. And so it's that is hilariously bad in the inlaid library. Because very rarely are you being assaulted by things above and below you. Mm-hmm. You're seeing, so in the tower, it shines because it covers more distance on the screen. So I like the fact that they did those levels as as a difference, as something for them to latch onto. But it's very clearly not the core gameplay of mm-hmm. the game. <laughs> yeah, it's like in the first level, you can in the beginning you can rely on running away, mm-hmm. and you can't do that nearly as well no. in the library. There, there's a, a bonus level that you might have unlocked. I don't remember when you get it. Called mm-hmm. Tiny Bridge, uh, and it is, as the name implies, another horizontal level. But your up and down movement is limited to like one eighth <laughs> of the screen. Yeah. So you just have to keep pushing one way or the other, and it really lays bare that like this is obviously a challenge stage. That's its purpose. Yeah. Because when you have a level like that, you have to be able to like do something about things in a direction. It makes the knife better, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. It's it's weird. It's uh, I like the levels a lot for their variety um but also like i don't know there's a the the variety comes in like a weird way it's all a mechanical thing whereas the levels themselves are all giant endless open spaces Mm -hmm. so it's like the levels are not very varied but they do contain a lot of interesting things that are put in there to make them different 
Yeah, what's I think it's the second to last level, like the one with the angels and stuff. Oh yeah, something mag. Who cares? <laughs> that level <laughs> felt like the final boss of the game to me. Yeah, uh, I that 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 felt like the only thing, like the latter half of the game, that was hard. Mm-hmm. Like after I hit that plateau, like and the way I ended up beating it was with the pentagram, which was an item I didn't really use. And I used it to kill, like, the Grim Reapers that kept showing up. Yeah. Especially the stupid drowning one <laughs> dude, uh, that sucked ass to deal with. Yeah, he sucked ass. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I just shout out to that, I think. Like, you had to play that one differently. Like, when I couldn't, didn't have the pentagram and couldn't kill the Grim Reapers, I had to, like, keep running away from him and, like, mm. fucking scramble to try to not die. Uh, in a way that actually like, made it hard and interesting in a way it hadn't been since the beginning of the game. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. I found, I think I went to, uh, I think the dairy plant for me was really hard when I first started. Mm-hmm. And it sort of, it, it had the experience in a much smaller, more bite-sized way uh, that Kaled had on you when you played <laughs> Elden Ring. Yeah. Is I got, I felt like I was kitted out to the max. And at the time, I was, like, as strong as I had ever been. Mm -hmm. And I got to, like, minute 26, and then I was just surrounded by robots, and they all murdered me. And I was like, how the fuck are you supposed to finish that? That's literally impossible. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't come back until after I had beaten, like, pretty much everything else, and then came back and was like, oh, it's easy, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Easy every time. Yeah, the first time I ever went there was the time that you were watching me. Yeah. And I got to, what, 29.55 and got killed? (laughs) Yeah, you were right at the end there. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, and I thought, like, for sure that you were going to win, too. Yeah, I was like, yeah. "Yeah." Uh, But, yeah, it's interesting, like, the way the levels sort of pan out. That last level is one of my favorites in the game. Uh, we can talk about the DLC level. Uh, it's more of the same. It's big, but they put a lot of stuff in it. It's like an enormous. It's way bigger than all the mm-hmm. other levels, and it's a lot more unique stuff in it, uh, which is cool. And they said they're going to continue developing for the game, so I do hope that that kind of design stays in. It could make parts of the end game a little bit more interesting, uh, but. Yeah, I think I think they do a good job of keeping them varied, even though the game requires you to just have an infinite amount of open space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I like that they put in the different stages and like the all the different characters, and it has like a little campaign and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a version of this game that could get away with like not doing any of that and still be pretty popular. Yeah, so I like that they put all that stuff in the game it makes it more fun yeah uh but now i mean i think everything that i've played this might be a uh final thoughts thing so yeah. I'll, I'll hold it i think all right i mean i think we're getting there i agree i think yeah. i think we got to clear it out is there anything pressing that uh we haven't mentioned uh, nothing pressing just one last straggling thing okay. i had is i found like boss enemies they have them. They show up at like what, like one at like ten minutes, <laughs> one at twenty minutes. I don't remember exactly what the times. The are. different levels have slightly different waves, but yeah, yeah, for the most part, like five, ten, twelve. I found them hard to notice that they were even a thing for the longest time. They would just be like a bigger enemy, right, or something. It, <laughs> I was just kind of like running around, <laughs> and they would just die, and then I get to the like 
on like the achievements at the end of the level and it would be like defeat the boss of I was like I don't even fucking know what that's <laughs> referring to. <laughs> yeah, there's some there are a few uh interesting ones. I think the the big boss in each level which shows up at level or at a uh, minute 25 mm-hmm. for each stage is usually pretty memorable and uh I really like them as a concept like this thing that if you overcome then hypothetically the rest of the run should just be smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it isn't, but it, it feels <laughs> that way. You get that like good. Oh, I got. I killed the crab with the big well, claws. Yeah. The crab is the one that actually stands out to me as a boss. Yeah, the the crab is big. Yeah, the one in in the forest is just like a big plant. Yeah, uh, the one in the library is a witch. That one is a little more obvious too. Yeah, but like I don't. Isn't like the one? Isn't there one that's like just like a big Medusa? Uh, yeah. Something. Like I feel like just like a a big maybe I don't. For some reason, it just blends in. No, yeah. <laughs> well, I think I don't think that one is like a bo- that one is a boss in yeah. terms of like it drops a chest, but it is like one of the mm. big stage bosses. Yeah, I agree with you entirely on the other ones. Like the ones that are just like bigger versions of stuff. Not only do they blend in, even when you know where they are, sometimes they can just kind of get lost. Like. You'll just, like, hit it, and it'll fly off the side of the screen. Yeah. And you're like, where the fuck did it go? And then it just, like, <laughs> reappears from somewhere else. Uh, it's a little strange. Um, yeah. And it gets weird. Like, this game has a system where whenever there's a treasure chest, it puts an arrow on the side of the screen that the chest is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's condescending. Like, get rid of that. Like, <laughs> you need I it. know <laughs> where the fucking chest is. Then I played the game for a few hours. I was like, oh, it's the literal most necessary mechanic in the game. Because <laughs> yep. you will just lose it. You cannot find it in the sea of shit that is around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's what makes Vampire Survivors cool. But up, up, but up. Um, do we have fire wand thoughts? My fire wand thoughts are all over the place. I guess. Um, I feel like I've said this about another game. I don't remember what. And when I said it about that game, I meant it as a negative thing. And in on this game, I mean it as a positive thing. I feel like this is like video game junk food Mm. um it's enjoyable it's easy to put more time into it than you intended to um i think if i was in college i compared it to mobile gaming i think because like um was in college around like 2013 and mobile games were really big then and what like the appeal was i had like often had an hour to kill Mm. with nothing to do and so I would, like, play fucking Temple Run or whatever. Right. Uh, and I feel like if you're in that situation now, absolutely download this on your phone. Like, it'll eat an hour, no problem. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I feel like um, we were talking on Discord with a friend who described this as a passive game. Mm-hmm. And that really, like, resonated with me as, like, a kind of, like, a, a way to... Uh, sum up like why I don't like it as much as some other people because like the idea of a game where all you really do is move around uh, and like pick options from a menu isn't quite as appealing to me as it might be for other people but um yeah I I don't I did enjoy the game though like it, it is really satisfying especially to start out and like slowly get better and be able to like return to the first level and kick its ass 
um you know because like when, you know, when you start like i remember being like oh man like i can't like the, these werewolves and ghosts show up and these waves of ghosts fly at me and they kill me every time and then you come back to it and like yeah you just they just fly into you and get shredded like <laughs> in a meat grinder uh it's like completely reversed so that is like super satisfying uh the weapon evolutions are cool uh, and I, like the game didn't, I may have missed it, but like, I don't feel like the game tells you about them before you get them. You just kind of figure it out. Right. Well, they're in the unlock menu. Uh, It'll course. say evolve this, but it doesn't <laughs> tell you how to, you have to figure those out on your own. Yeah. So for me, it was something I just kind of found, like I stumbled upon and like, that was cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like extra, like, oh man, like I found the secret vampire slaying whip <laughs> or whatever. Uh, so that was cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I think this is like a solid fun game that I enjoyed and <laughs> nothing more. And I seem to be the only person who feels that way. <laughs> uh, it's funny that you that you called this game video game junk food because the metaphor that I was coming into this with was this is like a video game nicotine patch. Mm. Uh, this game is the quick and dirty way of getting the things that longer games give you. Um if you were a completionist or a recovering completionist like myself, uh, you can. It's very achievable to unlock everything in the game. It takes some time, but it doesn't take as long as it would to do in a different game. Uh, and a lot of the stuff is just like make a build. Like come if you have an idea for something, go for it. If you have an idea for a challenge run, there's gonna be a way to do it. You can it toggle the number of weapons you can carry. Uh, and stuff like that. So there's a, and some of the characters, the, some of the secret characters are so fucking complicated to unlock. It's very enjoyable to sort of like hunt these things down, uh, in my opinion. So if that is the kind of thing you like, if you are me and you, you're the last game of cookie clicker I played and ended in tragedy, uh, I can't go back to it anymore. It takes too much away from me. Uh, this game is actually great for that kind of a thing. If you want to see a number go up, uh, this game will give you 500 of them to watch. Uh, (laughs) and it's just enjoyable. It's got a fun, uh, vibe to it more than anything. I think that the soundtrack is so good and the sprite work is amusingly close (laughs) to the Castlevania style, uh, in a way that is just really, uh... I don't know. It's compelling. It's, it's familiar. Uh, and I think that that kind of stuff really drew me into it. So I have to give this game, uh, a horrible addiction out of 10, uh, (laughs) because I played it constantly when it first came out and then played it again and never have been able to find something that hits quite the same. Uh, but it isn't deep. It is a pretty shallow thing that just has a lot of options to it. Uh, and so, I would recommend it, but I think that don't go overboard with it. Do not f- farm gold for hours on end because it isn't worth it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be talking about Jazz Punk, a comedy adventure game that is pretty old. And I put on this on the list uh many moons ago uh (laughs) we're finally gonna get around Mm -hmm. to it we've got a lot of stuff on the short list 
that has become a long list. We got to get rid of some of the older stuff. <laughs> well, we're going to be doing some calling here soon, yeah. but I don't want to announce that just yet. So, uh, so check it out. <laughs> Catch it. <laughs> Uh, until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com. There you can find links to our email address, our Twitter account, the YouTube channel, and you can listen to any of our old episodes, including Star Fox 64. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't, not that one. Near Automata. <laughs> sure. It's that got one bullet hell parts. Does have bullet hell in it. Castlevania Symphony of the Night. That would have been the obvious first choice. Yeah. Uh, that I should have gone with. <laughs> I was trying to think of something arcadey. Yeah. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Ollie Ollie. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Those are great games to listen to us talk about. And some of them to play. Downwell. Smash that down button <laughs> and smash the the left button yeah <laughs> go to navigate to the four uh cardinal directions of the map to get the relics of like comment subscribe <laughs> and, and bell and bell <laughs> you're getting a little red light am i getting a little red light oh that little red light yeah uh, I'm not getting the red light. Okay. I followed Sting's advice and did not put on the red light. <laughs>